Good morning, everyone. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be a ninja? Terran and Lido will tell you how. They can't do it themselves because they're not that strong. This is the American Ninja Warrior Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Ninja Warrior Rahapa Podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Armstrong, and with me today is Lita. How are you doing, Lita? Uh, I'm fine. I've been apartment touring all day, and it's so hot outside that I feel nauseous all the time. How are you? I'm very pleased with myself that I'm not apartment hunting today. <laughs> That's a brag. Yeah, it's one of my least favorite things, yeah, I think. It, well, besides actually moving... Mm, it's true. See, this it's is why I'm looking for an apartment. I've moved every single year of my life since I was 18. And mm. I am looking for an apartment that I'm going to stay in for multiple years. Congratulations to the city of DC. You have me just because I hate moving so much. Um, and so I'm only looking at pet friendly apartments because I'm going to adopt a cat at some point. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, ap- apartment hunting is like uh, trying really, really hard and spending a lot of time and effort where there's still a ton of guesswork uh, and stress uh, in order to do something else that's really terrible, which is move. Yeah, it's really, really bad. And so far, the the places that I have seen have all been busts. So if anybody has a couch that I can crash on in D.C. beginning August 1st, I may need you. All right. Well, we are here to talk about American Ninja Warrior. Uh, it's episode three, the Oklahoma qualifying course. Yes. And talk about it. Yeah. And I got confused because um, was the episode on a different day this week? Yes. Okay. So I got confused because I was working last night and just had assumed that the episode was going to be on a Wednesday and they were showing the Oklahoma qualifiers from season six on on like a rerun at like a weird time because I was at the bar and we have TVs at the bar and uh, I get to decide what's put on those TVs. Um, and so I was just watching American Ninja Warrior season six Oklahoma City qualifiers at first thinking that it was. And I was like, is Casey Canzaro back? Like, I don't <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Wouldn't they have promoted that more? And then very quickly figured out what was happening. Mm. Well, so I was duped. You were duped. You didn't notice the the graphics were different? I was I was at work. It was a different TV than mine. It was a different time. Also, the old sideline reporter Jen Brown does not look different enough from Christine Leahy that I would have noticed that. Out of Doesn't the she have a different eye. hair color? No, they're both blonde. Oh yeah, maybe. No, I'm right. I think her last name confused me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she's not <laughs> Jen Burnett. Uh, all right. Well, we are here in Oklahoma in season eleven, which aired on Monday. I believe. Yeah, which I think is why it got cut off because my DVR uh, prioritizes The Bachelorette. So I had to watch the Ooh. last hour of the episode online. That's a choice. I Listen, I don't make these choices for it. I know that I can, <laughs> but it never occurred to me because I didn't think they would conflict. Uh, well, we have some new obstacles on the course. It starts with the shrinking steps, uh, as it always is now, uh, followed by a new obstacle called the wing swing. You grab onto like a flying trapeze bar uh, and then you swing across to another one with, I don't know, like a weird bumper in the way. Yeah. So it makes it that you can't complete the full swing forward for some reason. Yeah. 
and then so you do that again and then uh, you dismount. Seems uh, pretty easy. I don't think a ton of people fell on this one. Yeah, this does not seem like a most difficult second obstacle we've seen even this season. Yes. Then we get the flywheels, which also seemed eh, not too many people seem to go down here. I famously hate the flywheels because I don't like people smacking their heads. Yeah, people smacking their heads. And also, it's another one that really disrupts the flow of the fast runs where even the fast people like Daniel Gill have to kind of like, all right, got got to the next one. I guess swing again. Yeah, right, get to the next one. Um, not always the biggest fan of those requires momentum building. Mm. Uh, then we have another new obstacle called the diving boards. It's the agility obstacle. It's a series of, I believe, three surf esque boards <laughs> i think that they're yeah i they're probably closer to surfboards than diving boards because the way that yeah. they're shaped because they're not rectangular they're sort of like propellers right but, but they, it's not the propeller boards. right they, they already had the propeller bar and that would be too confusing uh it's a series of three of them they are situated like uh like a seesaw there's a little thing in the middle and you have to run across those three diving boards to get to the other side then we have another new obstacle called the coconut climb which i will refer to as the coconuts why was this one like weirdly themed they had like plastic palm trees but it wasn't sponsored why did this happen we've never seen anything like this before you don't know what it's like to be in a meeting where you have to name things i guess i just don't understand we've never what had do we call this one we've never had any obstacle like painted to look like a certain thing before but that is how people climb coconut trees is it not uh yeah but couldn't they have just called it the the tree climb or something? I mean, wouldn't they still decorate it like a tree? We've never seen them bring in Party City accessories for an obstacle before, but they literally had palm trees hanging from the top of the course. Well, these qualifying courses, they're really trying to, I think, have something special for each episode. Now that, you know, they introduced the power tower, they've got the mega wall. And also another thing that I feel like they're trying to do this season is the new obstacle when, right like this is the new one the previous one was the circus crap ferris wheel the, the, oh <laughs> i like the circus crap as, an, as the name of an obstacle yeah um yeah even though that there are several new obstacles they have one that's like this is the toughie exactly yeah yeah even though it seemed like well no i guess a lot of people felt on the coconut climb but it seemed like the surfboard one was really hard too Yes, it did. Um, I think nine people were taken out by the coconut climb, so not that many, but um, a lot of people that we saw. Yeah, yeah, they were trying to hype it up like the most difficult obstacle. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that number is right that I have. Seems low. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. No, yeah, it seems low. <laughs> Who's going to fact check us? <laughs> Me. Okay. Um, all right, so uh, so we get the the coconut climb. Where basically how you do how you do this is you uh, you grab like a circular sort of what are they? It like looks like it looks like the tab on the top of a pop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not really. Like I know, but not not really because I've never like actually. Like if you if I didn't know what you were talking about, I would not know what you were talking about. That sentence makes no sense. <laughs> if you think about it, it does. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you not understand? Because I meant the tab on top of a soda. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> it looks. But you had me. You had me thinking like one of those plastic bottles where you have the, like a weird little thing on the top. 
No, I'm talking about an aluminum can. Yeah, but that's uh, that's what I'm saying. It's very all over the place here. I excuse me for trying to <laughs> simplify this for our listeners. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I, I get a lot of crap for uh, having difficulty here. I feel like uh, that that was that was not good either. Oh my god, it was an observation. You are so harsh. This is why you're just you're just jealous because I'm better at explaining obstacles than you are, and this is your job. Okay, well, oh, please go ahead. You take you you take uh, the tab of a pop. Uh huh. Yeah, you take the tab off a pop, and then you shimmy it up a coconut tree that's decorated like a coconut, and then you reach over, and then you shimmy down, and it's got little knobs on it, little bumps that you have to shimmy over. Nailed it. There we go. All right. I hope everyone understands. So actually, this is nothing like how you climb a coconut tree. Well, the first part, right? You take the thing and then you climb up with your feet. Yeah. But why do you have the thing? Nobody would climb. Nobody would ever. No, I'm saying, but nobody would ever be on a desert island. Ozzy Lust would not bring that thingy with him to climb a coconut tree. (laughs) If you're stranded on a desert island, maybe not. Okay, so this is nothing like how you climb a coconut tree. You don't only climb coconut trees on desert islands. Yeah, but you would never use this thingy to t- to climb a coconut tree. All right, hold on. I just I want you to Google coconut tree climbing device. <laughs> Some of these are really complicated, targeted, so it's probably not the best. My targeted ad is going to be really funny after this. Um, are you looking at the Renhan pole climbing? <laughs> In general, like you see the first one, it's a it's a little loop kind of thing. Yeah, but it goes around your waist. Well, you 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 maneuver it with your arms. But it's a harness. Look, there are different kinds. Okay, and that's the only one right, that looks on. remotely like this thing. Hold on. Uh... A lot of these, like not demonstrated on a person, I have no idea how this would possibly help you climb a coconut tree. Some of these look completely ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they are, you know, they're better, they're easier to climb when you have the the proper ones, but they're just like little circle things that you kind of put around your waist and you maneuver it up with your hands. I gotta say, I have apparently too low of a coconut tree climbing device budget. Some of these are like $200. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm trying to, like, it's it's the real, like, old school, natural kind of uh, coconut tree climbing that I'm talking about here. Is $200? No, no, no. They just have like like a sling. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't understand how most of these would work. And also how is your coconut tree climbing device going to pay itself off? You know, all you can get is coconuts. Well, yeah, that's some people's jobs is to go get coconuts in the coconut tree. Can you just wait for them to fall? Cause they're going to get unripe coconuts. Look, I'm not a coconut expert, but I know (laughs) that, that, that this is a, this is a thing. Okay. This is definitely the most a non-survivor wrap up has ever talked about coconuts. <laughs> Maybe. Or I guess uh, well, talking about Nicole on Big Brother. Yes. Well, uh, so you get the coconuts, you come back. Pretty sure that's how Lita described it. Um, and <laughs> what, then... if you had to, what if this was like a Big Brother comp that you had to retrieve coconuts and then put them in a... <laughs> you must have three coconuts. None of them can be cracked. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so then after the coconut climb, they, of course, go to the warped wall or the mega wall. And we, of course, have the power tower in play as well. Uh, so we started off with Karen Wilton who uh you know she she did she did pretty well last year that we saw uh we saw like oh she she did she uh, what number she was the top top woman in Dallas not well enough for me to remember her 
I remember Wilton, the name. Okay, close enough to remembering her. <laughs> uh, she does pretty well here. Um, she makes it all the way to the coconut climb, and Akbar says, Nice! Nice! That's what I'm talking about! We also have, I think, the weirdest bit of dialogue right at the top between Matt and Akbar that we've had at least all season, if not more, where... Matt goes, sometimes you feel like a nut. And Akbar screams, sometimes you don't. And Matt goes, sometimes you feel like a ninja. What? Yeah. What? You don't see the... I mean, I, I see... Philosophical points of that conversation? I see the through line, right? Which is that that's an Almond Joy and Mounds commercial, which are a coconut candy. But also, what? Well, look, Lita, sometimes... You feel like a nut. Okay. So you see, you're you're compact. People are trying to break you. You're full of protein. You're, you, 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 Lita really thinks that nuts are full of protein when in fact they're much more full of fat. Um, but that's <laughs> oh <my> okay. <laughs> she once told me that nuts had the highest ratio of protein to other macros. No, I didn't because I don't know what a macro is. That's not what I said. <laughs> I think I said something about spinach having more protein per calorie, which is different. Which is, we weren't. I mean, you're still about talking about macros because each calorie has a certain amount of macros. Okay, but One what I'm saying is, is that I would never have used that language because I'm not in your cult. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to explain it to other people okay, so that they'll understand. Okay, it wasn't about nuts. It was about vegetables. <laughs> you definitely said it no, was nuts too. No, I didn't. I don't know anything about nuts. I just eat them a lot because my sources of protein are different than yours because I don't kill animals. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But uh, you definitely you definitely learned that they do not have the highest ratio of protein. I admitted that you were wrong, but it wasn't about that I was wrong, but it wasn't about nuts. (laughs) It was about spinach. (laughs) Okay, well. (laughs) Check the tapes. (laughs) There were no tapes. Oh, how convenient. Uh, So, sometimes you feel like a nut. Okay. But sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel free and unrestricted, like a ninja. Why are nuts restricted and unfree? Because it's tight and compact and, and, and hard, hard-shelled. Oh, I guess when I think nut, I think almond. <laughs> well, look, there are lots of different kinds of nuts. <laughs> we, we have different heuristics for what a nut is. All right. <laughs> I, I Look, some people, some people, this kind of philosophical talk is just over their heads and there's nothing you can do. I can't believe we're arguing about what I'm wrong about. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even the thing. It's the, the specific. God, I know that I'm wrong, but I'm right about what I'm wrong about. <laughs> and it's about spinach. Uh, we definitely had a conversation about nuts that you were wrong about, too. I, lo- I love almonds. I eat them for breakfast every day. Yeah, I had almonds yesterday. Brag. Yeah, with peanut butter. That's too much nut. It's too much fat. You're really doubling up on the fat. Okay. Taryn famously hates nuts, claims that no, they I- have no protein. <laughs> they're horrible for you, and you're a fat slob if you eat nuts. Ooh. All right. Well. Your word's not you mine. Heard, you heard Lee to say it. So I was quoting you directly. So uh, take that sound, sound bite. Right from Leah's mouth. Um, all right. So Karen Wilton failed <laughs> on the coconut climb. Couldn't make the transition. She qualified though, right? Let me just scroll down. Karen Wilton, number five woman, coconut climb. Yeah. She was the the one woman qualifier who didn't qualify outright. 
I think. Yes. Yeah, there were four women in the top 30, but they don't get to be the Fantastic Four. Because that already <laughs> happened. They, sorry, they're just not fantastic yeah. enough. <laughs> there are four women, but sorry. Uh, next up was Lee Seinfeld. Really? I think so. <laughs> okay. I feel like I would have caught that, but... <laughs> Uh, he was what though, like the Pokemon ninja. I don't know. He this like wasn't a, po- a montage, he, I think. Yes, he had he had a uh, Pokemon cards that he opened on YouTube. Okay, like why? I don't know. Because people like watching people open things for ASMR. For life. Okay, like an unboxing video, but just a package of Pokemon cards. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm not a Pokemon card opening evangelist. <laughs> This is going to be the longest episode I've ever recorded. <laughs> Probably I'm the second person. We've Googled three things. Uh, I tr- I tried to Google it and I cannot find it. Find what? Lee Seinfeld opening Pokemon cards. Oh, that's because I think you have his last name wrong. It might be. <laughs> Lee American Ninja Warrior <laughs> opening Pokemon cards. Oh, here we go. Nice. This. How many views does that baby this have? This is about redemption. I'm going this back. This is about redemption. Where it all started. He's opening Pokemon cards. Prefer He's looking for secret rares. Lightning. He got lightning. He got Pokegear. He got Tentacruel. Pikachu. All right. How many views does it have? 68,000. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. I can't find his full name here. It's just Leonhart. Leon. Leonhart. Okay. On YouTube. Sure. The ultimate Pokemon cards unboxing experience. Isn't the ultimate experience just doing it? Well, that's what he's doing. Yeah, but he's having the ultimate experience and you're getting to watch. Wow. That's so generous of him. Uh, Wow. (laughs) I undersold this. I just scrolling down the videos. I'm seeing 227,000 views. Wow. Yeah. He's a top Pokemon card unboxer video artist. Yes. And he got montage. First time ever opening Pokemon cards on TV on American Ninja Warrior. Hooray. Yeah. Well, it's a shame that he couldn't catch them all, all the obstacles, because he fell on the wing swing. Yeah. Yeah. I love Pokemon, in case the listeners don't know that. Yeah. Her favorite is uh, the grass one. Bulbasaur? Bulbasaur. It's, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's one of my favorites, um, but that's my favorite starter by far. I love yes. Bulbasaur. Um, I, I totally blanked on the name of Bulbasaur. <laughs> However, my favorite Pokemon is Haunter. Oh, okay. Why Haunter? Because in the episode that he's most prominently featured in, he wins the battle by making the opponent laugh so hard that it can't fight. (sighs) And I love that as both a pacifist and um, a lover of ghosts and comedy. Well, there you go. Fact found. Next up was (laughs) Artis Thompson in the uh, the montage here. Um, he 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 was face to face with the flywheels. Did he hit his head? Yeah, he hit his face. So does everyone. Yeah. Um, then finally, uh, Adam Nalds, who is, uh, call, calls himself the Space Ninja. Some call me the Space Ninja. Mm. Uh, he was one small step away from completing the diving boards. Yeah, the uh, Space Ninja can call me. <laughs> Just FYI. Can. He's able to. Yeah, he can. Not not that he's not that this is an invitation. He just he happens to have Lita's number and he could call God. her if he wanted to. That's what we're saying. I wish that would be such a flex. <laughs> no, uh, but Space Ninja, if you're listening, you may call me. 
next up was Tom Mortimer, who has a package about his son who has epilepsy. And I literally wrote F. What a sweet moment where his son comes to hug him. Oh, I wrote, I don't want to watch this footage because it was really disturbing. He was talking about his son and the epilepsy. He would have seizures and, you know, sometimes it would just happen and they tried to catch him and sometimes they were able to catch him. Sometimes they were not. And he was like nearly in tears talking about the days when he's not able to catch his son. And then his son comes in behind him and just gives him a hug. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) This is so sweet. This is Taryn's Ruyori. Um, Yeah, I the footage really disturbed me. Also, this was one of those things where they said he was a zookeeper, and I was like, ugh, hate this guy. And then they did this, and I had to feel bad about it. <laughs> well, uh, he didn't make it very far. He uh, he fell on the diving boards. Yeah, even though he works with birds, so he should be able to figure out how to swing. What? Or how to fi- <laughs> figure out how to fly? <laughs> but it was on the swingy thingy. <laughs> See, the way you presented that made it so made it seem less. like it made more sense because you started with something that made less sense. And yeah. now when you correct it and now it's like, oh, well, that actually kind of does make sense. So a he works bit. with birds, so he should know how to fly. This is this is this is why it's very important how you present things. Yeah, I guess I was just trying to make them seem more reasonable. Yeah. Um, then, then we got uh, a commercial with Matt and Akbar. I happened to catch it. I usually am like yeah, I didn't uh, fast watch forwarding this. through this. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't catch what it was a commercial for. <laughs> Something to do with Wi-Fi. Sure. Um, but they're sitting on a couch, so I thought it was a furniture store commercial at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're, they're like talking to each other, and then the camera like swoops over, and Tiana Weberly is there, and she's telling them about this great new product. And they're like, whoa. It was super weird. <laughs> of all ninjas. Tiana Weberly. Uh, it was like, uh, it's not Wi-Fi, it's X-Fi. So it's for Xfinity? I, maybe. That seems like a good guess. But the sign of a good commercial is not knowing what the product is. Mm. So. Also, a sign of a good commercial is not being for Comcast, because Comcast sucks. Wow, there goes our Comcast sponsorship. Ooh. Had it all lined up. What are you going to do? Yeah, we have to fight for what we believe in. It's true. Next up was Tim... Simek, Simek, uh, he was the oldest competitor of the night at 66, and he was out on the shrinking steps because his foot touched the water. Yeah, he had an old person abs. <laughs> what does that mean? He was an old person. He had abs. But are the if you just if you isolated the abs, no. would you be able to say yes. that's an old person? Yes. What what makes it distinctly old person? His hair was gray on his body. Just the gray hair over the abs. Yeah. And also just, you know, the shape. It's like rings on an oak tree. (laughs) The abs of a tree. The rings. Yeah, that's what I call them. You can look at anybody's abs and and know exactly how old they are. I think I probably could be really good at that game. (laughs) No, no. I don't need the face. (laughs) I don't need the hands. Show me the abs. The hands? Is that how you tell? Hands are pretty indicative. Yeah, that's true. On the TV show Younger, where she's 40 and she's pretending to be 27, um, somebody tells her that her hands are a dead giveaway. Mm. So you're probably just a secret huge fan of the Lifetime series Younger. <laughs> you caught me. Yeah. Actually, I think it's on TV land. I knew that. I know I you was did. testing you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're a stan. Comes back <laughs> maybe tonight? 
Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Great. Uh, then, then we had uh, Paul Adeyemo from Nigeria, uh, who Alcor said he was from the same tribe. Um, he went out on the diving boards, and I don't know if I got this right because it was very hard to hear. But the Matt said, uh, or sorry, Akbar said, if he is successful, he will say, "Oh, Shadada." What? I think I think that was what it was. It was Shanana, I think, but you know, Nigerian. But it, it, it's what the Igbo word for Shanana. I look. They did how, not explain how it. How could that be possible? <laughs> That's not a word. Do I, look, I am very ignorant in this in this particular subject, and so uh, I am going to to defer to Akbar, who seems to know what he's talking about. Hey, Terrence, since you don't know anything about the native language of Nigeria, would you say that you're ignorant? <laughs> Nailed it. Problematic, Lita. <laughs> That is the language. Am I wrong? Uh, I'm Googling it to make sure that I'm not wrong. (laughs) Oh, I guess English is their official language. Mm. Hmm. Always best to just admit your ignorance. No, but it is a... Yes, it's the principal native language of the Igbo people and ethnic... Okay, so it's an ethnic group in southeastern Nigeria. The language has approximately 44 million speakers uh, who live mostly in Nigeria and are primarily of Igbo descent. Okay, so it is a language of a people in Nigeria. I wonder what would happen if you put Shanana into Google Translate. I think it would come out of Shanana for pretty much everything. What language do you want to translate it into? This one. Okay. (laughs) Um, Google Translate Igbo. Is Shanana one word? It's not as a band. Hmm. I don't know. The suggestion is to translate it from Chinese. <laughs> and then it says, "Did you mean Sha Nana? S H A in capital letters, and then Nana and A N A." And we're really good at this. Then it then I put that in, and it said, "Did you mean translate from Japanese?" And then I did that, and it translates to Sha Nana. See, this is why we should just let Akbar handle it. Spelled exactly the same way. <laughs> that was a lot of steps. The band Sha Nana is three words. Well, that's just wrong. I, I mean, how is that wrong? <laughs> that's, I, I declared it so. That's the name of the band. It's Sha Na Na. Three words. N- none of those are words. But Sha Na Na. Oh, okay. When I translated Sha Na Na, S-H-A space N-A-N-A from Igbo to English, it translates to drink it out. <laughs> we cracked it. Yeah, I think that must be what... But then when I translate drink it out from English to Igbo, it's a totally different thing. God, language is so stupid. All right. Next was Clay Ratterman, who uh, who was a former safety that got sacked on the wing swing. Great. Yes. Because football. Then we get back to our regularly scheduled packaged runs, uh, starting with Taylor Aman. Yeah, I'm mad that she's here and Zach Kemmerer is not. Yeah, where's Zach Kemmerer? I, he applies every year. Mm, it's tricky. Yeah, I'm friends with him on Facebook and he always applies, but uh, stupid A&W won't bring him back. I guess I guess he's got to go to the walk online. It was recently his birthday because we are almost birthday twins. Ooh. HBD. Well, Taylor Amon, if you didn't know, was <laughs> on the same team. As Zach Kemmerer in the College Madness 
Team Ninja Warrior. I wish that they would do that again. That was fun. It was fun. And she um, was really good. She was. Uh, she has been dating Clay, the uh, former safety, uh, who is also on College uh, Madness Ninja Warrior team thing. Yeah, uh, but he was for Ohio State. Yeah, and he wasn't good. Yeah, like Ohio State. Yeah. He also wasn't good here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of fell on the wing swing. Uh, but that's fine. That's fine. Because uh, they've been dating for a year. They're in love. Um, Did they say so, they're in love? You know, I just got that vibe. Okay, I'm just saying, like, maybe they're not ready to say that, and they're going like, to listen to the podcast. I don't want to put pressure on the relationship. Be, yeah, it's going to not like trying to subtly sabotage anything or anything like that. It's just, you oh, know. I forgot you have a crush on her. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she she does she does well here. Uh, she hits her back on the flywheels, which looked painful. Yeah, because the flywheels are bad, and I hate them. <laughs> Mm. Uh, but then really runs into some trouble on the coconut climb. Uh, I think in particular that she was gripping the uh, pop tab, uh, pop tab thing. It was over. She had an overhand grip mm-hmm. and was as she was going up. And a lot of other people used an underhand grip, which seems like it would be a lot easier because you're using more of your like biceps uh, as opposed to your like forearms and uh, and such trying to maneuver the thing up the uh, initial incline. And so she was having trouble getting up and then had trouble getting over and then eventually went down and failed there at the coconut climb. But that's fine because she was in 30th place overall nice that's why they're not really the fantastic four because they are all kind of like just eking in yeah literally all four of them were the last four oh, really? 30. Yeah. <laughs> they're not really the fantastic four they're like the the final four yeah exactly there you go now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back and we're back so let's get back to the show uh, next up was Michael Snell, who, uh, flunked out on the flywheels because he was a teacher. Okay. Teachers don't flunk out. They flunk well, other people. That's, that's what happened here is that he ended up being the one that flunked. <sighs> Cruel twist of fate. Mm. Uh, then Mike Galeski, uh, he had a dancing pencil on the sidelines and Akbar said, that dude is sharp. It is. What does he do? Is he a pencil factory worker? I honestly, I don't know why there was a pencil. <laughs> Maybe he's a writer. Maybe he was also a teacher. We definitely don't see a lot of writers on the show. That's true. Yeah, I can't think of any. Seems like it would be a good schedule to do ninja training. I don't know. Tell that to George R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> you think he should be an American ninja warrior? He's not even American. No, I don't think he should because I, I, I think that he should be focusing on his work. Oh, I see. Because he won't write the books. Yeah. All right. Well, he's he's writing them. He's just, I guess, I literally just saw an article today. Apparently, he throws a lot of it away. I'll write them. It's, just, it's very busy. It's fine. Stuff. I'll do it. I'm not going to read the other ones, but I'll figure it out. You probably do a better job than... Burn! Than <laughs> um, so, then we had Andrew uh, Naquin. Naquin? Um, he's the guy that uh, he, he brought bullfrogs. Why? Like they call him the um, Bayou ninja? ninja, maybe. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Was he, he like caught frogs in the bayou, right? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I hated him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he ended up in the swamp at the diving boards. Leave those frogs alone. Mm. 
Then we get the 19-year-old David Wright. Spelled the exact same way. Yes, as the survivor. Mm -hmm. Um, But this David Wright is the cake ninja. Caveat, they keep calling him the cake ninja. And I'm, I don't know if it's intentional or if it is intentional, why it's intentional. Because he's duck cake ninja. I just, why? Because he, that's his branding, Taryn. Is it like duh cake ninja? Or is it like just arbitrarily, he doesn't want to call himself the. No, it's just D-A. Just how some people speak, Taryn. It's called being young and cool. <laughs> Ever it's- heard of it? I get that. That's how just, us, I don't know how are talking. I just don't know how much the instead of the vibes with cake. Yeah. Um, I think that he can do whatever he wants. Um, I think you and I both are famously not cake people. Mm. Is that correct? So I don't think he's ever going to be our favorite person. Well, he loves cake. Cue the music. And it's not cake by the ocean. No, <laughs> It's panic at the disco. It is. Yeah. Is it one of their new songs that I protest? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I I know their first three albums by heart and don't it's know pretty, it. It's pretty rare of me to recognize music. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But this was such a strange package. It was literally like, here's the thing, though. I love cake. <laughs> uh, like, it was like, oh, my God. It's a secret weapon. He ate it on the sidelines. Just so gross. <laughs> Um, and of course, they paid for music. So you know what that means. He finished the course. He completes the course. The song comes back at the end. Wow. Is it that Panic at the Disco song that's like about his mom? Because I've heard that one on the radio, I think. It's um, like, look, mom, I made it. Yes. Okay. Hey, look, mom, I made it. Yeah, I I don't like their new music. Yeah. I thought it was all right. But if anybody talks to me about their first three albums, I will have a very enthusiastic conversation. I love I loved Panic at the Disco. Yeah, it's a little a little poppy, a little repetitive. No. Yeah, that's okay. There's still some good songs. Brandon Yuri is bisexual. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, like, really talented. When would I no, I the first thing I was gonna say was Brendan Yuri is really hot, which is much more like me, but then I also remembered that he is bisexual. Okay. He's also married, which is pretty selfish. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up was the uh, was Kevin Jones, who was a uh, like a government person, a government person. Yeah, what like a state mean? representative or something of Nebraska of of Oklahoma <laughs> of Nebraska. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I think I think Kansas. Oh, okay. So yes. Those those three states are identical. <laughs> wow. What? Just uh, look, I, I'm going to disavow anything Lita says about Nigeria, uh, <laughs> Kansas, Oklahoma, <laughs> any of these places. I, I'm being flyover state prejudice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that all of these cornfield states are the same. You can throw Iowa in there. I don't care. Oof. Yeah. All right, man. They all, all have- of our... All of our point two listeners from all of those states are really going to be upset with you. There's no people in any of those states. Oh, it's hit after hit. <laughs> I I'm so a, sorry. I learned a fun fact about Iowa recently. Um, they 
are the state that has the highest proportion of developed land. There's like no wildlife in Iowa because it's all corn. It's it's or it's soybeans or whatever. It's all farmland. Mm. I was more on board with corn. You don't like soybeans? Not as much. Oh, man, I love tofu. Mm. I can just eat a raw block of tofu. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It's one of my favorite foods. Yeah. Well, Kevin Jones went down on the wing swing. Next up was Jacob Bowling, uh, who is a DJ. And Akbar said, that's my DJ right there. That's my DJ. And then shortly after he fell at the coconut climb and Akbar said, oh, that run will not make the top 40 list. You might have said top 30 list. That would have made more sense. No, top 40, like like music. Yeah, but they have a top 30. Yeah, but that and doesn't didn't make it. But that doesn't make any sense. There's no top 30. I mean, there is a top 30, obviously, but it's within the top 40. Right. But it just it just it's I feel like it's perfect if he says top 30 because he didn't make the top 30 list. It doesn't work as a joke. It, But it does because it's like American Ninja Warrior has a top 40 list, but it's not top 40. It's top 30 because 30 people make it. No, no, no. I stand with Akbar on this one. Mm, all right all right uh, um then uh because i scrolled down to make sure that jacob pulling did not make it i've lost my play there we are uh dr favia favia dubik nailed it uh aka dr scream oh this is her oh god yeah. i'm so glad they didn't show us this run yeah the, the, being in a montage was far enough. Imagine going to her clinic and she's just screaming at you. <laughs> I'm already terrified of doctors. It's just like, no, I am the one that's supposed to be screaming. And then she just screams back at me. I did just get my physical. It would have been funny if I had gone there and uh, my doctor is just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> how'd your physical go? Did you pass? Uh, yes. Did you study? <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Just naturally healthy. Good job. Yeah. He, he said I was the healthiest person he saw all day. How many people had he seen all day? Is this like when you're the third best long jumper in high school? I don't know. The appointment was like, it only took like 15 minutes. So probably a decent amount of people. I don't know. I don't buy it. I think you were his <laughs> first appointment of the day. Not likely. It was later in the day, but. Maybe he's a terrible doctor. <laughs> um, all right. Dr. Dr. Scream. (laughs) I don't like this. I don't like this. It was way too many loud noises. And I apologize for my loud noise. I hope it was funny. (laughs) Yeah, they can only show this in montages. Otherwise, it would just upset people's dogs. Yeah. I mean, look, I can deal with one scream. I feel like I think there are at least four in just the montage. Is that your limit? My limit is one. Okay. Everybody yeah. gets one scream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody should use to, that on future. It needs to be, no, but it needs to have a specific purpose too. It can't just be like, uh, like I want to annoy you. It has to be like for a joke or it has to be for an emergency. Does every person that you know get one scream in their life? No, it's okay. one scream per setting. Okay. What if it's the same setting multiple times? For example, I scream uncontrollably every time I see a bug. Um, <laughs> how many of those do I get? <laughs> Zero. No, that's not fair. I can't control it. <laughs> I hate that. I, I hate it too. Okay. It really is. People scream when they see a bug and I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? And they're like, there's a thing. Yeah. So my brother yelled at me because um, we were hiking in Scotland and it was 
sort of it was like a very difficult trail that like if you fell off you would get hurt and a bug landed on me and I shrieked and my brother turned around and had assumed that I had fallen off of the mountain he was like Jesus yeah. Christ you can't do that I can't yeah. help it it's not every time I see a bug like I go outside I'm just saying anytime it's like it surprises me and it's like on me or really close to me I cannot help but like convulse and scream do you ever wonder if you're only making it worse for yourself because uh, the bugs just like messing with you and you give them the uh, reaction that they want? Again, I don't I don't get to control this reaction. Mm. So I am not saying it's right. I am just saying it is a fact of nature for me. Well, see, bugs, they just they just fly around and they're, they're looking for two things. They're looking for Attention. nice nice you know blood bags because they're gross most bugs are not looking for my blood no yeah they are i had a friendly inchworm sit on me the other day that one was okay it was trying to get your blood <laughs> maybe i'm just like a disney princess but instead of birds <laughs> it's like really gross it's just like bugs coming out to me in the morning to right. like and the second my thing, hair <laughs> the second thing they're looking for are people that will freak out so they can surprise them and they'll scream. No, I think that animals just know that I'm a friend. So they just flock to me. But you're not a friend to insects. I am because I don't kill them. Mm, but you scream at them. I scream about. Do you about- know what that does to their self-esteem? I- to show up. It's, it's to show up in front of somebody's eyes. <laughs> and for you to, instead of being like, hey, looking good today. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, like that's got to like be. your doctor that's when be- he saw you. <laughs> exactly. It's the, that's got to really, you know, make you feel bad about yourself. Okay. So are they looking for an attention boost or a, or a confidence boost or are they looking to get a reaction out of me? Look, all bugs are not the same. Why are you, why are you classifying all bugs into one you category? You just said bugs are looking for two things. And Look, then said Lita, one of them is you just can, like your blood you can try to pigeonhole <laughs> bugs into pigeons or whatever it is you want to do. But oh, I think it's very too. clear that I am a bug ally and you are a bug antagonist. No, I don't kill bugs. Part of it is because I'm too afraid to get near them. But the other part is that I ascribe to the belief that you will come back in the next life is what you kill. And I don't want to be a bug. But what if you kill a lot of things? I don't. But what if, but if you, if you come back as the thing you kill, which thing that you kill? I guess it incentivizes people to murder. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's more just like, I just don't, I just don't believe in killing animals. So I don't kill bugs. Although my, uh, boss did tell me that if I ever saw a cockroach in the bar and I didn't kill it, he would fire me. Mm. But I don't know how to kill it because you're not supposed to step on them. Um, so I guess I would have to hit it with the baseball bat that we keep behind the bar, but I don't think I'm equipped to do that. And I think I would shatter every bottle of liquor that we have. What if you just like captured it and then took I, it on a road trip? I can't drive. Mm. I'm a bad driver. Do you think the cockroach would be able to drive? Probably not. Why? Uh, I just feel like it's, uh, you know, obviously capable of driving. Like, let's be real. Um, but I don't know if they'd ever went to like driver's ed. They'd probably just probably just like crash. Okay, I mean, I still think that they would probably be a better driver than I would. I mean, probably, but <laughs> depends how old I the cockroaches. Like I guess cockroaches also like it was in it was at the bar, right? Right, at a place with alcohol. I don't know if we want that. Oh, kind that's of cockroach true. Especially like wheel. alcohol spills on the floor. Sometimes they're really small, so they probably mm-hmm. we would have to have it take a breathalyzer. Yeah, it's tricky stuff. Okay, I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. Speaking of bugs, Eric Middleton did run the course. We can skip to him right now because it's very relevant. Okay. He had cockroaches. Yeah, and Zuri ate one, right? Well, she she was going to have to eat mm. one. But Eric Middleton 
went out on the flywheels. Oh, so he didn't qualify. No qualifications and no bugs are being eaten. Yikes. Yeah. That's always so bold when you like say that Matt Nakbar or Zuri has to do something when you finish. And then that's like a guaranteed way to not get airtime. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't finish. Uh, and also, I don't know. I, I feel like he was giving Zuri an incentive for him to not do, to, for her to not want him to do well. And uh, for all we know, Zuri is in control of these things. <laughs> is that for all we know? I didn't see anything that proved otherwise. That Zuri isn't in charge of the American Ninja Warrior qualifying course? Yeah. Okay. This is a conspiracy that I guess we'll just agree on <laughs> for some reason. All right. After Dr. Scream was, uh, who, by the way, went out on the diving boards, uh, was Maggie Thorne, who returned uh, here for the fifth time. Um, and she, uh, you know, did she get a package? I don't even remember. Yeah, she was like, girls can do whatever they want. Yeah, it was very generic. Yeah, well, you famously hate women doing whatever they want. It's true. I really, I, what I want women to do is complete coconut climbs. <laughs> I was, I was getting ready to say sound clip or sound bite. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were about to say something sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's just true so you don't want women to do whatever they want you want women to do exactly one thing exactly they, coconut climbs. they seem to want to fail coconut climbs mm. i really want them to succeed coconut climbs and so i found this overall message to be a little shaky okay so women can do whatever they want and what we want girls just want to fail coconut climbs <laughs> yeah great um she uh she had a really close call on the diving boards yeah, uh, she ran across and barely managed to hold on and hold herself above the water and climb back up. Um, but she did did manage to get through and got to the coconut climb where she uh, she ends up eventually failing on the, uh, the back half of it. I believe in a woman's right to choose to fail the coconut climb. Look, I don't. <laughs> I'm. I can't even. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting controversial on this podcast. Uh, so, uh, so Maggie Thorne there uh, is going to be the second place female finisher in the 37th, or sorry, 27th. See, we're not top 40. Confused you. Exactly. That's why I should have been 30. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Um, uh, so next up was Matthew Day, who uh, was the was a 19 year old competitor last year, um, and he was uh, very fast. I think he was the second fastest last year. And uh, spoiler alert: he's going to be once again the second fastest this year. Who beat him last year? I guess it doesn't matter because we didn't have probably the Daniel Gill. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess this is uh, the closest to Texas that we get this season. Yeah, I wonder how often Matthew Day just looks to the sky and says, curse you, Daniel Gill. <laughs> well, probably depends how the season turns out. If he thinks that he would have won if he had just had that fast pass. Probably. Then he probably really hates Daniel Gill. He does well here. Has the fastest time of the night thus far. Um, but he's also like the only person to complete the course thus far. Right. Pretty much. There's one other person. The music person. Cake. The music person? Oh, the person who had the music. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yes, Cake. There's actually, uh, uh, I'm good friends with a drag queen here in D.C. whose name is Cake. I almost uh, thought you said I'm good friends with Cake, <laughs> which I guess is true. Yeah, I, I uh, have a friend here whose drag name is Cake. Um, 
because she's chunky and sweet. Um, and when they were chanting, we want cake, I was thinking that I should send like I should clip that video for her next drag performance for her to walk in mm. out to. Good call. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, next up was Madeline McNeil, who uh, fell on the coconut climb. Yeah, because that's what women want to do, Taryn. Yes, it was. This was a, I believe, like a, look at how good the women are doing. Um, all failing at the coconut climb, mm-hmm. including Madeline McNeil. Yes, who was the top performing female, by the way, at twenty sixth place of all of the five female competitors. <laughs> the top performing one was Montage. Great. Um, then we had Barclay Stockets, who uh, they started this off with Zuri in the crowd. And I don't know if maybe I didn't hear this right. What I heard was, well, we call her Barclay, but they call her Barclay. No, they call her Sparkley. Oh, (laughs) like the sparkly ninja. (laughs) See, I told you I didn't hear it. (laughs) But they call her. But they, okay. But here's the thing though it said Barclay, they had letters that said Barclay, not Sparkley. Yeah, also Sparkley is not a word. <laughs> that's wh- that's why when she did that and I saw the word Barclay and I heard Barclay, uh, I thought it was Barclay. Yeah, but Barclay was in Sparkley letters. Sparkley letters. It's, it's, it's true. Uh, but uh, I feel like there was a, you know, if they really wanted to make Sparkley a thing, they should have brought, you know, an S and a P and a K. Well. Maybe not a K. Yeah. <laughs> Spar. They probably also don't clay? need a P. If you just put a B, it's pronounced the same way. Sparkle. Oh, Sparkle. It sounds the same. Sparkle. So just add the S. Yeah. You're not really getting the sparkle there. It's in sparkly letters. Uh, and then you have that extra S for in case another Barclay competes that night and you can put it on the end. Personally, I would make this ship name. Uh, ship name? S-P-A-R-K-L-A-Y. <laughs> so you're shipping Sparkles and Barclay? Yeah. Okay. That's I th- what we're doing here. I think it's just called a portmanteau. You don't have to <laughs> no. call it a ship name. No. It's shipped. Okay. I'm not going to say I ship it. <sighs> well, I'm sorry that you just don't believe in true love. I, I l- listen. Between a, a, a woman and her sparkles. I do love sparkles. Yeah. That I will make clear. And I love Barclay. Sparkly. So I don't know what the problem is here. I want them both just to be happy. Me too. All right. Shall we talk about her run? Yes. Uh, I felt like the package here was a little strange because it was all about her failure in her first attempts right. on American Ninja Warrior. And like it never had the payoff of like, and then she did super well. Right. It was like, because... You know, I, I think that a lot of people watch the show without taking notes and what? without remembering a lot of the stuff that happened before. Mm-hmm. And they really rely on these packages to tell them about these people. Right. And so for a viewer that maybe just doesn't remember much about these people, uh, I felt like they were trying to portray it to that viewer as here's this, you know, underdog that's uh, that's failed before, but is really looking to find her breakout success. Yeah. Yes. Um, which just felt a little weird. Yeah, Barclay is a very proficient and talented ninja who has been to Vegas, who does great things. Yeah, uh, what a great year last year. Um, Akbar apparently spent some time with her Mima, who is a very fiery. Um, is Mima like a southern thing? Do you think? I do not know. I recently learned that Aunt 
is a uh, like northeastern thing. You mean instead of ant? Yeah. Uh, that's very possible because I'm not from the northeast and I say ant. Do you say I aunt? Say, I, I say, well, I mean, I kind of say both, but uh, I said aunt on a Big Brother podcast. And people are like, why are you so weird, Taryn? <laughs> what do you call your... It doesn't usually happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have many regionalisms. I don't think. Yeah. Um, what do you call your grandparents? Uh, just grandparents. You, grandma and grandpa. Well, I don't like say uh, like like hey grandma and grandpa. No, but if it, like, I'm just saying, like if you were talking to someone about them, you would say like my grandma. Yes, okay. my grandma. On both sides. I. Yeah. Well, there's only one side that I. Right, but like you, about. you would. Yeah, probably. Okay. I feel like most people have like I don't know. I said grandma and grandpa on my mom's side, and then Bubby and Zadie on my dad's side, because mm. so, like part of it was because that's just like what we said because they spoke Yiddish. Uh, but part of it was also because it was just confusing. Oh, that's because you have two sets of them, right? Mm. I wonder if this is Akbar's name for grandmothers or Barclays. Oh, yeah, because it was like he went to hang out with her grandma and to Akbar, he would just say he went to hang out with her Mima. Mm. Although I would never say like my friend's Bubby if they weren't Jewish. Well, if you're not from that culture, I feel like that's weird to say. But I would say somebody else's aunt, even though they say aunt. Yeah, but that's a pronunciation thing. It's not a different mm. word. This is All really right. going to be a record for our longest podcast. <laughs> we had some shorter ones earlier on. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, she did the underhand grip on the coconuts. She did pretty well up until the coconuts where she really just started to run out of gas on the back half. Uh, she let the ring get too low when she was trying to dismount to do the swing off of it. Um, it basically just went down to her feet. And so obviously you can't exactly build momentum. There it was very awkward positioning. She almost got it back up. Yeah. But it wasn't quite over the lip. And so when she started swinging again, it went down. And then she finally ran out of gas and went down in the uh, coconuts. Yeah, I feel like now that she's done it once, she's definitely definitely capable of doing it. Yes. So I'm glad that she qualified. Uh, yes. So she is the third place female competitor and 29th overall placed athlete. Great. Yes. Next up was Chase Eskew. Why did and I, I think... Eskew is like a his pet pet Eskew or something. What? He had a pet that had his last name. I I I, I, I don't know. That would be so weird. Imagine if you got a cat and you were like, "This is my cat Armstrong." <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a you know a, a unique kind of animal. Oh, was it the sugar thing, the marsupial? Mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really cute. I don't think it's his pet. I think he works with them. Oh, well, it was like watching. Yeah. On FaceTime. <laughs> Which is funny. It's so cute. Uh, anyway, he uh, he fell on the shrinking steps. Oh, RIP. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I didn't we, take notes on the montages. Yeah. Then we had Brent Stephenson. I who, did. Uh, I did note that uh, Brent was montaged and wrote LOL. Yes, he was montaged here. Uh, they noted that they were basically like, Brent Stephenson, who is 38 now, <laughs> felt like they were like getting old. Now, now that he's not dating Casey, what else do they have to say? Um, and he did com uh, complete the course. So we will see him in the city finals. How's Casey doing in the WWE? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I feel like if she was doing well, I would have known. Would we? I feel like if she, if she was like a rising star, people would be like, 
Hey, look how well Casey's doing. I get people talking about Austin from Big Brother 17, uh, who is not a very popular contestant on the show. People are like, oh, look at Austin. He's doing well in the wrestling. Oh, I was going to say, though, like, I feel like we don't get updates about, like, Ninja Natalie on the challenge, you know? Well... And that's more of an overlap between our listeners, I think. Mm, that's true. I think that's I think because it's more of an overlap, we don't get like they assume that we updates. know. Yeah. Yeah. But if true. like if Ninja Natalie, you know, became the next CEO of Facebook, like we'd hear about it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it became the next challenge, which is like <laughs> what I like to think of as like, yeah, you become the next American Idol. You become the next the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so Brent's definitely completed the course. Next was Josh Salinas, who made it all the way to the mega wall, but was not able to get up the mega wall. Lots of trouble with that tonight. Mm. Then we got to Jody Avila, the big dog ninja. Finally, our yes. favorite. Who has a small dog as well. Which is his child. That's also a ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Small dog ninja. If he had a small dog, I would be a lot more excited. But he just has a child. Uh, whose name is Brandon. And they train together. Yeah. And I guess he's good at ninja or whatever. Yes. Better than Jody himself. Well, he's got a lot less body weight. Mm. Uh, Jody, big dog. He made the attempts on the mega wall. Did not get up the mega wall. He said, uh, you know, size and legacy so far. You need the technique. Yeah, I like the side by side of him and Kevin Carbone um, to show how much better he could have done and didn't. It was mm. very shady. Yeah. Uh, then we got to Eric Middleton, but we already talked about him. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go to Ben Wales, who was a walk on um, and he managed to complete the course. First time. Mazel. Yeah. Then Jeff Harris who is passionate about recycling. Oh, me too. Yeah, he calls himself the waste warrior. That sounds like he's pro-waste. He fights waste. Yeah, but when you, if you say like you're uh, like, what's a different kind of warrior? Ninja warrior. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> yes, you don't fight ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> you fight other ninjas. No, you don't. You in a head-to-head -head battle for a million dollars. No, you fight the course. It's not a head-to-head uh, battle for a million dollars. Now multiple people can win the million dollars. Yes, but it used to be. Oh, great example of a different kind of warrior. <laughs> I literally could not think of what I was about to say. The Washington Warriors, which I thought was our basketball team. But then I remember that it's not. It's the Washington Wizards. They fight Washingtons. Yes. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt had a pretty good zinger on this guy uh, because he's the he's passionate about recycling. And he said he's he, uh, he, this also shows in his uh, attire. It's wardrobe. Oh, that is a barn. Wait, yeah. how did the how did the waste warrior do? Like a handlebar mustache. Oh, that was and, this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can call me. Um, <laughs> I love recycling. Well, the waste warrior laid waste to the course. Completed it. Nice. Yeah. Then we had uh, Lee Jenk. Lee Yonke. I wrote this Yonke. out phonetically because I knew that this was going to be a problem. Yes. <laughs> um, she, uh, she is somebody that is uh, like a farm person. Yeah, some might say a farmer, but yeah, a farm person. Yeah. She, like one, of, one of those. She looks 14. Like she looks really young. She looks like she's 14. I didn't get that. I, I didn't write that I at least. She looks really young. All right. Well, uh, she made it to the flywheels, but uh, did not get through the flywheels. 
Yeah, but Taryn, she set a very historic record. Oh, yes. She is the first 19-year-old woman to ever make it to the third obstacle. Wow. What a Boom. true moment for her. Legend. A crowning achievement. She will go down in the history books. Let's do it. The history books. Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Jonathan Horton, who uh, who failed at the coconut climb. He's been getting montaged for years. Yeah, he's the gymnast guy. They, they like the Olympic athlete angle, but he's not actually good enough at this to be <laughs> a big star. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, Brian Burkhart, who also went for the mega wall and also failed at the mega wall. Uh, they said his case was dismissed because he's the lawyer ninja. I feel like there's a different lawyer ninja. Isn't there a guy that's like from D.C. that's a lawyer guy? Look, there are many different lawyers that are ninjas. OK, but he if he's going to say he's the lawyer ninja, <laughs> he got there first. I guess everybody else has to be dull lawyer ninja. Exactly. Got it. Um, then we had Nick Fordney, who um, who had some failure in the past. But uh, but this year he made it all the way through, completed the course. Second fastest time of the night. So far. So far. It's not going to hold. Yeah. Then we get Karsten Williams. He's the guy with the mom. His shirt says fat. His shirt says big cat. Do you think he and Jody Avila hate each other? He's the big cat ninja. Yeah. And there's the big dog ninja. Do you think that they're not friends? I mean, cats and dogs can be friends. They can be, but I think that historically they're natural enemies. Mm. Are they natural enemies or are they manufactured enemies as the two most popular pet species? I have no idea. I've never, I've never lived like out. Out in the wild, would a dog really be the natural enemy of a cat? Well, I'm trying to think what kind of cats exist in the same habitat as like a wolf. Yeah. Like, I feel like those are kind of different environments. I guess there are like, I don't know. What's a different kind of dog? Like a hyena? Because those <laughs> those exist alongside like lions. Yeah. Um, it kind of because it kind of feels like to me. get along in the Lion King. It's true. But it kind of feels like to me like we took dogs and we took cats. And we cooped them up into one environment and they were like, eh, they didn't get along. And we we're like natural enemies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, dogs will pretty much bark or bark at or chase anything exactly. that's alive and particularly things that are smaller than them. Um, I don't know. I've never lived in a dual cat and dog household. I always thought that was really weird. <laughs> it is. Um, all right. Well. Carson Williams, uh, the he, the whole package is about his mom and how she's been training him. Yeah, and when did p packages become comedy sketches? Uh, in Oklahoma. Yeah, because this was like clearly like a whole scripted thing. Well, I mean, first you have Big Dog Ninja having his son train him. Mm -hmm. Now we have Carson Williams having his mom train him. Yeah, but this was like a, a comedy bit. It wasn't just a thing. Yeah, That's like, hey, get, get out of bed, Jody. Yeah, she's like coaching him on how to tie his shoes. And he like sits up from bed with a like uh, confused like, what? Yeah, great acting. <laughs> um, he, uh, he does all right here. He lost the bar on the wing swing. 
Yeah. Um, so because basically you grab it. Yeah, you grab it and you, you know, pull it from the little strings that hold it up. But he ended up knocking it off of those strings. So it was just free falling. Um, and it was just like out there. And so he had to make a, a leap over and grab the free uh, the free flowing bar. Uh, but he did manage to. He got through. Um, so he got through the wing swing. But then he smacks his face on the flywheels. I hate these things. Yeah. And as you could tell by the time he ends up finishing the course, he's got a like a red nose. Yeah. Well, maybe he was just paying homage to the famous Red Nose Day celebrity special. You know, he was trying to. He intentionally redded his nose. I think I saw that somebody that was that I only know from being on that celebrity special is like an anti-vaxxer Scientologist or something recently. What? Yeah. Like what? You know how they had like celebrities compete on that? Yeah, she, the woman who I think she was on Parenthood. I think that I read something, Erica, something. I think that I read that she was a Scientologist or an anti-vaxxer or something. Mm. Seems like the kind of thing that we should definitely yeah <laughs> make accusations about without any knowledge. <laughs> I I feel like uh, Erica Christensen. Let's see. Let's let's find out. Christensen. All right. <laughs> you can you can keep going. I'm gonna look into this. Well, uh, Carson, as I mentioned, did make it up the mega wall, but only on his second try. So we only got five thousand dollars instead of ten. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people go for this if they're not 100 percent sure that they can do it. Ten thousand dollars is a pretty good reason. I guess. But that fast pass is like a huge thing, too. I mean, it kind of is like the fast pass gives you an advantage to get the safety pass, which gives you a, a slight advantage in stage one or two. If you're like somebody that really thinks you can win the million. But otherwise, yeah, just go for the 10K. Uh, Erica Christensen is a Scientologist. OK, there you go. <laughs> which I understand <laughs> is different from being an anti-vaxxer. However, they make me feel the same thing about a celebrity, which is just like, oh, this is uh, not a person that I want to support. Well, I hope everyone has found out something that they'll definitely remember by the end of the podcast. Okay, I'm just saying it's tangentially relevant to American Warrior. <laughs> All right. Well, next up was Josh Norton, who uh, was a janitor at uh, at a ninja gym. Yeah, apparently didn't help him that much. Yeah, he took a spill at the coconut climb. <laughs> Did he still qualify? Yes, right? Yes. Yeah. And then we had 55 years of age man Mike do, 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 Dovite Mike Dovite I don't know I think that was it did he have old person abs or was he wearing a shirt um, I think he was wearing a shirt okay because he didn't write down anything about his abs exactly yeah. uh, he is the father-in-law of Brittany Hanks future father-in-law future father-in-law yeah she's he is the father of her fiance Yes, well, he was a like a tool guy, tool tool person. Hey, Taryn, don't call people tools. Yeah, not a tool, but a <laughs> a guy that that uses tools. Just a tool person. Yeah, um, and he was not equipped to handle the diving boards. Uh, and Akbar um, <laughs> says, "Oh, that wasn't in his toolkit." Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Then we had future daughter-in-law Brittany Hanks, who went out. In the same spot with blood on her face because this she course is dangerous. But but it was not from the uh, the flywheels. Yeah, it was from the diving boards. Um. Well, the, no, it was from the shrinking steps. The blood on her face. Oh, 
because she made it, she made it through, I believe. And then, uh, the rope swung and smacked her in the mouth. Oh my God. How heavy is that rope? Right. Uh, they were showing it like, oh, she got smacked in the face with the rope. And I was like, why are you showing me this? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. she bled from it. <laughs> I guess that's a really heavy rope. Uh, but she took a dive on the diving boards, mm-hmm. which um, I feel like I feel like when you take a dive on the diving boards, you've you've failed to give them something unique like that. They, oh, they, yeah, used, they had to make it they about used the, the generic one on you. Yeah, that's completely true. She should have done better. Mm hmm. Uh, I mean, they had blood. They probably could have done something with that. And there was blood in the water. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then we had Quest O'Neill, who had a package about being a role model. Yes. I remember really, really loving her last year. Yes. Um, it was a lot of buildup for, I, I, like, I thought she was going to do well, but, uh, but then she, uh, she's like face planted on the diving boards. Yeah. But it was, a very unique package, I think, um, just because there are so few black women who become proficient on this show. Um, the only one I can really think of is Janique Lovett, Megan Martin, obviously. Um, but uh, a lot of these women who become the role models have been Casey Catanzaro, Jesse Graff, Alyssa Beard. Um, and it's the old saying, you can't be what you can't see. And so it's one thing for little girls to watch American Ninja Warrior and feel like, oh, I can do that because I'm a girl. It's another one to watch it and be like, I'm a girl and she looks like me. She has the same hair as me, whatever. Um, so I think it was important. And it's a story that doesn't get told very often on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. And, and like what was interesting about it is that it was the second to last run, right. uh, which is not usually the place for like the the fallen. I guess sometimes when it's like a well-known face, it's like whoa they surprised us but like usually if it's somebody that you that is like new to the show uh they're not in this spot and that's what made it uh i think surprising was that like uh and the kid go after her yeah you're right third to last last. yeah second to last before the (laughs) 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 the the ringers uh but yes uh so ultimately a surprising uh failure and and akbar even does he gives the that's not the way it's supposed to go yeah which is for like the like the surprising like fallen angel yeah i and she did so well last year and it's also not just her ethnicity but she also has such a different body type than all Mm. of the women that we see um and I don't know. I just I found this very moving and also like a little bit surprising for a feel good story from American Ninja Warrior just because um, you don't see them dabbling in like sort of representation in terms of like seems like they don't they mention a lot about gender. They don't mention a Mm. lot about diversity in any other aspect because it's uncomfortable for a lot of middle America to kind of think about these things. I mean, Lita, there's a lot of Eskimo Ninja yeah, representation. Which, talk. like, is a slur. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah. Didn't we talk about this? We have. And I, I've looked into this a lot. And my conclusion was like, well, since he's calling himself that, mm-hmm. I feel like he is co opting that language, but never use that word to describe somebody yeah. unless they use it first <laughs> to describe themselves. Uh, anyway. Quest O'Neill, big, big fall on the diving boards. Then we get to Daniel Gill uh, and Akbar says, Daniel Gill has the skills to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Great rhyme. Yeah. Classic. 
Uh, it really, really just makes the course look easy. Uh, dominates the whole thing. Uh, has the fast time, goes to the mega wall, gets it. He's got fast time. He's got 10K. Yeah. He's got it all. He does the Drew Dreschel of getting the fast pass and the fast pass and the money. Yes. But has he announced a pregnancy? Uh, he is married. Very possible, but it's coming. Yeah, but he hasn't announced it, which kind of means that Drew kind of beat him to the punch, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Daniel got married first. That's true. <laughs> got married before Drew Dressel. <laughs> not like, oh, he got married first before he did that. I'm not trying to shame <laughs> <laughs> Drew Dressel and being like, well, Daniel wins because he got married before he had a baby. That's not what I was saying. He he beat Drew Dressel to the altar. It took me a really long... Like, that was so... Like, you were like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. And I was like, like what? And you're like, I didn't mean it like he got married first. And I was like, I still don't get it. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to think that I am shaming anyone for the order in which they uh, start a family. Or get $10,000 from the mega wall. Yeah, I don't want to shame anybody for getting $10,000 from the mega wall. Some people have babies before they get $10,000 from the mega wall. You know, that's, and that's totally fine. Well, Drew Joshua, I think, announced his pregnancy long after this was filmed right because it's exactly just because that's it? the natural order i mean not that it's natural no i mean certainly you can do whatever you want is what i'm saying it's just it's, it's totally fine if you want to do it the other way wow terrence revealing himself to be such a traditionalist he, he thinks <laughs> look, that women look, can only do one sometimes, thing sometimes sometimes i just feel like getting up the mega wall you know it's, it just seems natural that that would come before having a baby i don't know it just seems the way that things go you have to be able to show that you can handle the responsibility of exactly. going up the mega wall first as god yeah. intended <laughs> and if you don't make it up the mega wall it's just i feel like this is a message yeah that's your cross to bear you shouldn't be a mother <laughs> this is so much shame <laughs> Uh, I apologize if there are any ninjas who failed the mega wall listening. Because <laughs> everything that we job. say on this podcast is serious. Um, all right. Finally, we had the kid, Matisse Awadi, uh, who is uh, really looking to make it up the mega wall so he can also get that $10,000 because, uh, hey, that's, that's two semesters worth of tuition. His tuition is $5,000 a semester. How is that Right? Possible? That seemed cheap to me. Yeah, that's ridiculously cheap. Right. I don't know how, how that works, but I guess... Uh, I feel like mine was like three times that. I, I don't want to say what mine was, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot more expensive than that. I guess the public school system in Texas is pretty good. I guess so. Uh, Akbar says he's a straight A student. I wonder if that's true. Yeah, I was wondering if he meant like literally. I, I think he or, meant just like of the course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's certainly good at the, although I wouldn't, I wouldn't call this performance straight, straight A's. I would, you know. It would have been if he had. A's and like maybe a B. It, it would have been if he had just gone for the regular wall. Uh, is that still, I feel like you gotta, you gotta go fast and do the mega wall if you want straight A's. I feel like that's extra credit. If you run like straight A pluses, if you no A pluses don't exist, they were made up by TV like Homecoming. Um, you you can have straight A's if you go directly through the regular mega wall and go to the tower power powers powers of tower the power tower <laughs> the power tower the power tower. Um, but I, I, I you got you got to leave room. You got to leave room for ta- for the better performance. Got to leave room for Jesus. Or that. 
That's just what that fruit we were talking about public school. What? You didn't have like a dances like teachers say that you had to leave room for Jesus. No. When kids are dancing, you're that's dancing hilarious. Oh no! Like obviously, I didn't either. I'm just saying that's a thing that you see on TV. I've never seen that before. Oh yeah, so that you can't, you have to have room between you. I did get yelled at for dancing with my boyfriend like that at prom, uh, but it was not. They didn't say Jesus. Um, that would have been offensive. And my school was woke. Mm. Well, we are not offensive. That's just the tagline of this podcast. Yeah. It's a big selling point. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are rated clean on iTunes, which is why I feel bad about swearing on this podcast. <laughs> and I try not to do it. Uh, all right. Well, the kid, he does very well, gets to the course very quickly, but he doesn't stop to catch his breath before the mega wall. And I feel like that was the major downfall here. It seemed like last year he actually came closer to completing yeah. the mega wall than he did this year. He seemed very confident that he was going to be able to with three tries, but he ultimately, it doesn't, he doesn't do very well. Like his technique seemed off. I don't know if it was because he didn't have enough energy to execute properly, but uh, he didn't even particularly come that close. Yeah. Um, I also like that he blatantly lied in his package where he was like, I'm just, I'm not going to try to like go super fast. I'm just going to like go at my own pace and run the smoothest that I can. And then he clearly is just trying to be the fastest. Well, plausible deniability. <laughs> he didn't take his time to catch his breath. Yeah. Uh, which I think turns out to be a mistake here as he does not complete the mega wall and will not be competing in the power tower. And I did have the thought here that like you know now that we're seeing more of this play out i i liked the decision of like go for the the mega wall or go for the fastest time but in 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 practice like in practice i i kind of wish this was daniel gill versus the kid in the power tower yeah that's true but the kids should have trained more <laughs> to do the mega wall you know like <laughs> i guess so but i think it makes for more exciting television especially now that they're like montaging a lot of these mega wall finishes like i feel like we're not getting the most juice out of that and i feel like we'd be getting more out of like having the fastest two who would have been the fastest two actually competing in the power tower yeah that's true but i don't know what the fix is to that other than just getting rid of the mega wall entirely and just have it but the thing is like they did introduce these two big twists at the exact same time which i think Mm -hmm. is like it's a little bit chaotic um so i feel like Maybe if they had started with just like there is no mega wall, at least in qualifiers, maybe do it in the finals or something. Um, it's just the the fastest to do the tower, the power tower, and that gives you an incentive to go faster. Yes. Uh, so we get to the power tower. It's Daniel Gill versus Matthew Day, and um, this is this is making me feel like uh, my initial read that the very first power tower we 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 watched, mm-hmm. the closest one, right. Yeah, they did that on purpose to be like, oh, look how exciting this is. Now let's get the uh, less exciting ones out of the way. Yeah, um, because Daniel, it is, you know, somewhat neck and neck <clears throat> for the first part. By the time they have the balance part after they slide down the pole, uh, Daniel is going to take the lead. And then it's just it's over from there. Yep. And I don't think uh, anybody can be surprised by that because we don't really know anything about Matthew Day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I do I do reserve hope that maybe like the final power tower will also be exciting to try like bookend most exciting, second most exciting at the end. Yeah. Something like that. But um, 
you know, that's it's it's another reason why I felt like ah, this probably wouldn't been more fun if the kid was here. Yeah. Um, have we talked about the Akbar Garbajabila moments? <laughs> no. <is> so weird. <laughs> I thought I would. Like, I was like, oh, this sounds exciting. I can't wait to write notes about this. But then, like, I watch and I'm like, eh. It's another thing, like, um, I sometimes on the show reference MXC, um, which mm. was like a, a parody of this kind of show. And they did a thing like this at the end where it was like all of the, uh, like, funniest falls. Um, and this feels yeah. so much like that. I would enjoy this a lot more if it was what my mind immediately went to, which is like basically what we do on the podcast of like, here are the funniest things that Akbar said this episode. (laughs) No, then we would have sued. (laughs) I feel like that would have been that would have been fun to me. That would have been an enjoyable end of the episode segment. Yeah, this is just nothing. We didn't even talk about it before because it's so not memorable. Yeah, there was like a beaver dancing in a mascot oh the suit. okay the uh, the uh the what are they called the thunder the oklahoma city thunder mascot yeah and then it's a beaver i don't know um i was surprised you didn't correct me immediately i was like did i get that right i i have no idea you know that i don't follow uh nba um it's the and then yeah then they showed like a clip of a guy like smacking his head He's a like, bison. Oh, look at look at this. He hit his face and then he hit the back of his head. Taryn, it's a bison. Bison, beaver, they sound horns. similar. <laughs> it looks so different from a beaver. Also, um, his name is Rumble, and uh the Wikipedia page came up for Rumble the Bison, and the description is just anthropomorphic bison. Mm. Thank you for clarifying that the person in the costume is anthropomorphic. And you know what? You say that it looks very different, but you're looking at an image of it and I'm looking at my memory of it. And if you were looking at my memory of it, you'd be like, yeah, that looks pretty similar to a beaver. Um, Please Google Weedle, the mascot, W-H-E-E-D-L-E, because it's Wikipedia photo is the scariest thing I have ever seen. I am afraid of a lot of mascots. Looks like a character from Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't know what that is. It's a horror game. Yeah. Okay. Everybody Google that uh, and it will give you nightmares. (laughs) He has a red nose. Even the name is like terrifying. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Pokemon Weedle as the Wikipedia page clarifies. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our episode. Daniel Gill gets the fast pass and uh, and that's that's our episode. Uh, The final list of finishers and qualifiers uh daniel gill with the fastest time completed the mega wall was the only one to complete the mega wall with ten thousand dollars carson williams got five thousand uh second was mac matthew day then nick fordney then carson williams with his second try mega wall alex blick brent stephenson david wright ben wales jeff harris kendall ortez chris talon green abel gonzalez Abel Gonzalez oh, in this episode. He, <laughs> in this, of course. He got skipped over. Um, Tyler Humphrey and then uh, Matisse the Kid Awadi, who failed at the Mega Wall, as well as Jody Avila, Josh Salinas, and Brian Burkhart. Then Jonathan Horton, who failed at the Coconut Climb, as well as the rest of the finishers, who were Rick Hinati? Hinant? Hin, Hinant? Josh Norton, which, like Jonathan Horton and Josh Norton. Yeah. Elliot uh, Jolivet. You'll love it. Jonathan Bangy. <laughs> Damir Okinovich. <laughs> Tremaine Dorch. Oh, I know him. 
Yeah. Josh Harris, Chris uh, Cambry, Madeline McNeil, Maggie Thorne, Barclay Stockett, and Taylor Mon. Congrats, everybody. Yeah. All right. Where are we going next week? You ask like I would know. Okay. I don't know. Sometimes maybe you watch the preview. I don't for the next episode. Uh, yeah. That's, the second they, the second they like start going, da, 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 then I just start fast forwarding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, that's why I usually miss the commercials, but I caught that <laughs> one. See the Tiana Weberly one with the uh, with the uh, sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to support someone with the same nickname that you have. Spill, spilling the the tea about uh, Xfinity. What were we talking about spilling the tea last week? Oh, here's the tea about holy moly. Yeah. Okay, Taryn, a couple of people have tweeted us saying that they would listen to a holy moly podcast. You know, they say that now, but they haven't watched the show yet. Yeah, but a lot of people listen to this podcast. That Well, that's not true. Not a lot of people listen to this podcast. Some people <laughs> listen to this podcast, and those people don't necessarily even watch American Ninja Warrior. I guess that's true. I have at least two friends that listen to this podcast that don't watch the show. All right. I just Googled Holy Moly again. It's, uh, the first result says Stephen Curry teases he'll pop up everywhere in mini golf competition show. Holy Moly. No, it sounds pretty exciting. We should probably cover it. Sounds like uh, like he's just going to be like popping out of hiding places like boo yeah. to the ball as it rolls by. And then the people will scream and you won't be able to watch it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh my god, it's a bug! No, it's just Stephen Kirk. Okay, so apart from Stephen. you blowing off all of the podcasts that I want to do, what's going on with you? What are you promoting? Uh, well, we got Big Brother is about to start up. Never heard of it. Next week, Big Brother 21. Um, and uh, yeah, check out the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong. You got the, the Taryn Show. Talk to Dan Giesling. It was a lot of fun. Uh, check that out. And then um, June 20th. That's today. Yeah, what? <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> Premieres. Oh, it's premiering tonight? This <laughs> what it says. Oh, begins June 20th. For some reason, I thought it already premiered. <laughs> like we'd miss the <laughs> premiere of the, the vaunted Holy moly. Okay, so you're promoting Holy moly. I'm not promoting Holy moly. They have not paid me any money. I'm just, uh, I'm giving out vital information to our listeners. Okay, yeah. And, um... Tweet at Taryn that you want a Holy Moly podcast because he doesn't seem to want to do it. If there's if there are enough tweets, how many? It's a subjective. That doesn't you then you can count. just say no, it wasn't enough no matter what. I just uh, it, it needs to feel like enough that you're going to say no, no matter what. If it's just a bunch of people who are just like, uh, yeah, sure. Everybody create bot accounts and have them tweet at Taryn constantly. Bombard him with Holy Moly content. Tell him to put Big Brother on the back burner. We're going to talk about Holy Moly every morning at 10 a.m. We need a full schedule of Holy Moly podcasts. Yes. With a whole crew of updaters. Where Stephen Curry or and or Stephen Curry <laughs> pops up everywhere. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be a big get for our podcast. All right. What about you? What are you up to? Uh, Twitter, Lita tweeted. Instagram, Lita grammed. Uh, and my blog is leaderwrote.blogspot. Nope. Leaderwrote.wordpress.com. Pretty sure it's a WordPress. One of those. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a blog spot. It's a WordPress. Um, yes. Leaderwrote.wordpress.com. It's my blog, Drop Dead Culture. It's also the link in my Twitter bio. Guys, none of you wrote us iTunes reviews. Oof. I remembered to check. 
You're Ouch. all horrible. Or you're all so great that you already did it because you're longtime listeners. If you haven't, imagine me being all excited because I forgot to check and thought that there would be new reviews and there weren't any. And I was so disappointed and I was so sad and I was so just abandoned. You should guilt trip our listeners. Yeah. No, I'm just being honest. I'm just, <laughs> I believe in emotional honesty. I'm just being vulnerable with our listeners here. Okay. Well, uh, what I'm going to say is that this is the kind of listener engagement that, uh, that makes me feel like, uh, people are just not interested in Holy Moly podcasts. Oh my God. You guys have not only ruined my self esteem, <laughs> you've ruined. The possibility of a Holy Moly podcast. Now I have to go and create a bunch of new iTunes accounts and write a bunch of reviews for us. <laughs> All right. That's what we got for you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our Oklahoma qualifying podcast. Uh, we will be back next week or whenever it is that they decide to air the next one, because who knows? Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have like a good sign off. I feel like, uh, I always just kind of wait for you to end it. I feel like I need a, a catchphrase to sign off on. And that's all folks. I think that one's taken. Is it? Yeah. By the Looney Tunes. Yeah. What's his name? It's not like you're going and, and that, and that's all folks. That's your impression of Porky Pig. Yeah. No, that was terrible. Um, I didn't do any accents this week. Maybe I should say, uh, I should okay, uh, that's the end of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> the, thank you everyone for joining us. Bye. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll see you next time. Good morning, everyone. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be a ninja? Because they're not that strong This is the American Ninja Warrior